listening to Earth Oddity, a weekly odyssey into all the oddity planet Earth has to offer. And now, serving it up, are Christopher Tiny Sullivan and John Long. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Earth Oddity Podcast, the saddest podcast that's ever been recorded Yeah, on a sad, sad, sad Sunday. We're just, we're depressed. There's no other way around it. Yeah, there's no humor. All right. No fun. This We're episode. not having any fun today. Hide We're, the razors. Tiny and I are in sackcloth. <laughs> Covered in ashes. <laughs> Covered in ashes. Morning right now. Yeah. Yeah. Because Texas cheated and beat us. Let's <laughs> all admit it. They were cheating. <laughs> no, we suck at football. There's no way to cover it we're just not good at football mm-hmm. and that's fine we're a basketball school anyways everybody <laughs> knows that we've always been a basketball school yeah yeah so i'm you know we just got to get through football season quick question and look i'm not calling out the refs or, or saying yeah. that it was the officiating because i don't think that was the case right. but that second touch that was that ineligible receiver that yeah, was called yeah, on us yeah ineligible okay. receiver downfield because again I don't know as much about a football as the right. – but the ball was tipped, and I was under the impression that if it's tipped, it's just up for grabs. I don't – I know that Texas paid the refs. <laughs> <laughs> for sure they paid yes. the refs. They didn't review an obvious fumble <laughs> earlier or also in the game. Yeah. Because Texas paid the refs. Listen, Alabama doesn't lose. <laughs> Other teams have to cheat to beat us. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I, I don't know if that is uh, like the ball has to be tipped at the line of scrimmage for that not to count, or like when he released the ball, the guy was already downfield. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that rule works, but as it was, it they was, were cheating. It was obviously, nearly intercepted. Yes, should have been intercepted, <laughs> but he didn't get it. He tipped it up. Ugliest. I mean, yes, it it was ugly. Yeah. it was bad. Ugly. And then this dude dives under it and catches it. For a touchdown. And I'm super excited. I'm like, yes. hey, touchdown. And then they blow the whistle and run out right. there and say, ineligible receiver. Well, <laughs> Texas cheated. I mean, there's no <laughs> other way to put it. <laughs> no, Texas beat us fair and square. We got what we deserve for not being good at football. They pushed us around like children. Yeah. We have the biggest line in football. I think in college and the NFL, we have the biggest offensive line. Mm-hmm. They got manhandled. They're and, a bunch of babies. Look at me talking like I could do anything. <laughs> they would crush me. Yeah. Well, we're not. We're not like specially trained to do that. Sure. Right. We're give not me, in the weight room every single day. Give me six day. weeks with Coach Saban. I'll be the best left tackle in the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it happens every once in a while. You lose a game. Doesn't yeah. happen a lot. We lost one. Probably going to lose some more this year. <laughs> I looked over at my brother and I said, this may be a long season. Yeah. Going to be a tough one. Well, and we'll you see. know what? I really like having a quarterback that can run. Yeah. But, man, when he has to run, that's not a no, good sign. Yeah, right. I, that's what I was thinking. I was like, the, the the like couple of design runs we did for him worked very well. Yeah. But when he was dropping back and immediately running <laughs> yes. when he should have been looking for receivers, I was like, yeah, up, up, this is not going to be good. And everybody's like, change the quarterback, you know, mm-hmm. which may be something we do. I don't know. But I was like, I, I imagine the coaches have probably already saw those other two. 
and they suck way worse. So <laughs> I don't know if that's what we need to be Yeah, doing. the coaching staff, did, they're not going to go out there and lose to prove a point. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, anyways, that's how it goes. Alabama, we're down. The dynasty's over. All that stuff everybody's <laughs> been saying. It's fine. We hear every year about Alabama, Alabama sucks now. Yeah. And y'all might be right. Yes. <laughs> I might. think y'all finally hit it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine. You know, um, I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting. And maybe we pull it together. It's a long season. It was a non-conference game. Yes. So there is a slim chance yeah. that we could see them again. And Texas is a but, good football team. But not unless there is some major, yeah. major changes made. Well, LSU looked down against Florida State, too. Mm-hmm. That's Auburn. I watched about 30 minutes of the game they had against California, which it took long, uh, too long for them to switch over to that game. So mm-hmm. all it was was like five minutes of Texas players and fans celebrating and seeing the eyes of Texas are upon you and all that in our stadium. <laughs> it was crushing me. I was hollering at the TV. I was like, go to the Auburn game. <laughs> go to the Auburn game. And so I watched enough of that to go, Auburn's probably going to beat this team. Cal's just pumped up right now, but they're better on the lines. I don't know how the game went. I just saw that Auburn mm-hmm. won. Because we can't be lucky enough for Auburn to lose on a day when we lose. So they can't talk smack either. <laughs> no, they're all talking smack. That's what you get, though, when you're bad at football. And then we're bad at football. So it's fine with me. I'm not going to let this affect me at all week long. I'm not going to be sad all week long. I've been telling myself that all day yeah. today, too. <laughs> I was telling myself that in the second quarter. <laughs> <laughs> me and Dieter were watching the game. Hudson brought his girlfriend over. I had to get into all that. But – uh I was just sitting there in the second quarter, and I was like, you know, this really has nothing to do with my life. I was like, I'm not going to be upset all week when we lose. I was like, I'm going to be happy because I'm a happy person, and I have a good life. And then the rest of the game, I was like, man, I hate. I hate everything. I hate my life. I hate this stupid house. I hate our children. <laughs> Libby came down and stood right beside me and was doing some, like, TikTok dance, and Dieter was like, Libby, Daddy's watching the game. <laughs> and I was like, Libby, I'm not in a good emotional state right now. <laughs> I was like, I love you. I was like, but please just go sit on the couch or go back to your room. I was like, uh-huh. I'm just not in a good place emotionally. And they thought that was hilarious. But I was being serious, so whatever. You know, I'm one of these guys who, you know, I never want to give up hope. Yeah. And I was – I was – I was like, there's still a chance all the way up until two minutes in the game and Alabama yeah. jumps off the sides on a big third <laughs> Of course down we jumped off sides. Them first down. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, now it's over. <laughs> yeah, now no, all they got to do is take a knee three times in a row and which it's I, over. Also, they were, yeah, they were taking a knee and our defensive line was like hitting a little too hard. I thought that was classless on our part. Mm-hmm. I want to go on the record and say, I've already written a letter to Coach Saban to let him know. <laughs> Like we knew we had been beat. No need to try to be, you know, proving any kind of points in. So, but whatever. Uh, yeah. At one point, Thomas was like, "Well, Dad, you know, you can change the channel, you know, to another game or yeah, but off it's, of this. it's still going to be happening though." I was like, "Buddy, if you sit there through all the wins, you got to sit through all the losses." I was like, "That's part of being a fan." 
And he's like, I don't know why you get so worked up. I was like, because it's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> I was like, it's nothing quite like tying your emotional hopes yeah. to something you have no control over and just riding the roller coaster with it. And so that's what it was. It feels like if America was over tomorrow yeah, and we were under Russian rule, it would feel a lot like last night. Sure. <laughs> now, here's the kicker. I got to the student center deck at 7 a.m. in the morning and parked cars all the way to kickoff in the hot sun. I didn't even bring a chair to sit down in because at 7 o'clock in the morning, I was real big, bad, and tough. I was like, I don't need no chair. I don't need to sit down. I can stand <laughs> up for 12 hours. I used to work 12-hour days standing up all the time. No big deal. But like 10 a.m., I was like, I really wish I had a chair. <laughs> <laughs> the problem this, okay, this is my theory. If you're if you're focused on something, if you're doing a task, yeah. then yeah, you can stay on your feet for eight, twelve hours, whatever. Right. But it's when you're just standing there. That's right. Yeah, like <laughs> you that. have nothing to think about other than, man, I really wish yeah. I wasn't on my feet. <laughs> that whole morning when there wasn't a lot of people showing up to park, it was brutal. But yeah, uh, in the afternoon when it was getting closer to game time, mm-hmm. it was fine. But I was already hot and tired. Mm-hmm. And then Hudson was like, can we pick up Bree so I can bring her over to the house? Which is fine. I was like, sure, man. I'm not going to block my boy from getting some loving from his girlfriend, you know? <laughs> what kind of dad would do that? I mean, I'm, we're not talking about loving, loving. Right. I'm talking about holding hands and kissing yeah. like normal 15-year-olds. PDA. Yeah. Maybe a butt grab. I don't know. His, <laughs> he may have glanced some areas he shouldn't have. We're having a conversation about that. But uh, so we go and pick her up. So I don't get home until probably almost the first quarter is almost over. Thank Mm -hmm. the Lord this time they show a bunch of commercials during football games because I actually got to watch the majority of the game. And Hudson and, well, we eat dinner and uh, eat some hot dogs, and then they go upstairs to watch TV and do whatever. Well, uh, at one point he was like, I'm going to show – Bree my room and so they went in their room and they're in there awful long time (laughs) door open their door was open (laughs) okay but i'm way downstairs and all i can see is the door open Uh so i had to send livy up on a spy mission and they were sitting in the floor just uh looking at his guitar my guitar by the way (laughs) he's showing her And so uh, Libby texted me. I was like, well, go in there and tell him I said get out of the room because I don't want to holler upstairs. Mm-hmm. And I texted him before. It was like, well, we don't want any grandchildren. Get out of the room. <laughs> it was like, come out in the living room. And he wasn't reading his text messages. So Libby went in there and told him. So I prevented a teen pregnancy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing was, he had texted on Friday and was like, hey, I don't think I'm going to go to the ball game. Bree doesn't want to go to the fall game. Can you drop me off at her house? We're going to hang out. And so I was like, I, is there going to be an adult there? I'd like to talk to her mom if that's the case, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, he was like, yeah, yeah, sure. Her mom's going to be there. <laughs> so Deidre gets in on it and was like, have her send me her mom's number and I'll just call her. And uh, it turned out, oh, well, mom can't talk right now, you know, and all that. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, no, you're not going on Friday night. And I was like, but she could come over on Saturday night. We'll pick her up on the way home from parking. And so that's what we did. So they were trying to get one over. I, they were trying 
to have a teen pregnancy, I think. So I've bought two of them. I'm basically a condom. <laughs> All right, that's enough about that. Yeah. Uh, what you got for the news? I got. We're going to talk about a family uh, who made an interesting trip to the veterinarian's office. Okay. A uh, Russian priest and uh, a couple who had a little trouble on a flight. Hmm. What about you? I am going to talk about a daycare center that's having an issue with some of the public. I'm going to talk about the Coast Guard destroying a man's dreams. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I wanted to start with this one. Are you familiar with the Packy One Chip Challenge? I'm not. Packy with a P? P A Q U I. I assume I'm saying that correct. Well, I say it's a potato chip brand of like, you know, tortilla chips. I just want to, Packy is like a slur for Pakistanian. Is? Oh, well. Yeah. (laughs) Is it maybe Packy or something? I don't know. (laughs) How would you say that? (laughs) Packy? We're hey, not, I just want to go on record that we're not intentionally sur- slurring right. any racial group yeah. or ethnicity. Um, and for we all just we don't know, know how to pronounce words. And for all we know, Pakistanis love these chips. Sure. That might be their national chip. <laughs> yes. Their number one export right behind heroin. But anyway, they, there's this one particular chip okay. that is extremely hot. And there was a teen, a teen's death has now led to an outpouring of concern over the spicy chip challenge as sales are halted. Okay. The death of a Massachusetts teenager after his family said he ate an extremely spicy tortilla chip has led to an outpouring of concern about the social media challenge and prompted retailers to pull the product from shelves at the manufacturer's request. The family of Harris Willoba held a vigil Friday night after his death on September 1st to remember the basketball-loving 10th grader while they await the results of an autopsy to, to determine what killed him. But Waloba's family has blamed the one-chip challenge for the teen's death. The challenge calls for participants to eat, and oh, I looked up this word before I come in here, <laughs> eponymously named chip. A, a what? Eponymously. Eponymously? Eponymously. I've never heard of that. E-P-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S-L-Y. What's the definition of that? You know what? I looked it up before we came in here. <laughs> you don't started. remember? Yeah. Eponymous. Named after something else or deriving deriving from an existing name or word. Okay. Relating to an eponym, giving one's name to a okay. tribe, people, country, and the like. That makes sense. So, All right. Anyway, I bet people who are like really into grammar. Sure. <laughs> I bet they love hearing too. Alabama boys come across they a new word and look at absolutely hate this show. <laughs> well, hey, I reckon wonder why ain't no one listening to our podcast. Uh, okay, participants eat the chip and they see how long they can go without consuming other food and water. The family has declined interview requests. Police police said they were called to the home on September first and found Maloba unresponsive and not breathing. He was transported to a hospital where he was pronounced dead. The state medical examiner's office said it will likely take weeks before the cause of death is determined, but the chip manufacturer, Packy, asked retailers to stop selling the product. People have been weighing in about their own experiences with the chip, which cost roughly $10 and comes individually wrapped in foil in a coffin-shaped box that warns, among other things, that it is made for the vengeful pleasure of intense heat and pain, 
is intended for adults and should be kept out of the reach of children. Okay. Despite the warning, children have had no problem buying the chip. <laughs> a 10-year-old Florida girl was suspended this week for bringing one to her school. Her father, Anton Patrick, told West Palm Beach television station WPTV six children at Forest Park Elementary School needed medical attention after coming into contact with the chip on Wednesday, according to the suspension letter sent to the girl's parents. Hmm. So I'm wondering, did they really need medical attention, or was this you had six kids screaming and crying? Yeah. And they called paramedics. Yeah, and somebody got scared, called nine one one. Yeah, says Patrick said that his 12 year old son bought the chip at a Walgreens on Tuesday, but the boy's mother made him throw it away. He said his daughter though fished it out of the garbage and then took it to school. Okay, hmm. little raccoon. That's what that is. <laughs> the box says keep out of the hands of children. It says it's for adult consumption only. Why are y'all selling it to a 12-year-old child, Patrick said? Because there's no laws against buying potato chips. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> so what do we have to do? Pass a law. <laughs> Pass a law saying right. kids can't buy potato chips. Yes. There have been reports from around the country of teens who have gotten sick after taking part in the challenge, including three students from a California high school who were sent to the hospital. Paramedics were called to a Minnesota school last year when seven students fell ill after taking part in the challenge. Friends of Waloba said they heard about the challenge on social media, and his death has convinced them that it is more dangerous than they previously believed. Quote, I feel bad that his life ended short because of a social media challenge, said Marcus Caba, 15, who remembered playing basketball with Harris. David Adger, another teen at the vigil who went to school with Harris, said that he heard about him getting sick from the chip, but found it hard to believe he had died. Quote, People were, were telling me Harris passed away. I was just angry. I don't think we should have this chip anymore. If someone dies from this chip, you should take it out. They should take the chip off of shelves because we don't need any more accidents like this. Hmm. Hmm. And anyway, just there's some more social media tweets and quotes about it. Uh, Packy, a Texas-based subs- subsidiary of the Hershey Company, said in a statement posted on its website, Thursday, that it was deeply saddened by the death of Waloba. Quote, we have seen an increase in teens and other individuals not heeding these warnings, the company said. As a result, while the product continues to adhere to food safety standards out of the abundance of caution, we are actively working with retailers to remove the product from shelves. Wow. So what happens? (laughs) When you eat a spicy chip. I mean, I don't know. Did the chip really kill him? See, I mean, it's going to take a few weeks to... Figure that to, out. To get a cause of death. But, but if he's just allergic to something in it. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, we were talking about this before the show. I, I'm not a doctor. Yeah. I'm not a chef or any any of these special people who know more than I do. Well, you are special. <laughs> special Ed. No, no. You're a special person, Tiny. <laughs> but I went down this rabbit hole one time because I was I was like, can you really, you hear about people, oh, that was so hot, it, it burned my mouth. Like, like I yeah. was injured. And I was like, can you really be injured from capsaicin? The, the stuff that I found, and I don't have any sources for this because this is just an internet rabbit hole I went down sure. you know, three or four years ago. But I thought it was, unless you had some kind of allergic reaction to capsaicin, it couldn't like physically harm you. You may feel like you're going to die, yeah, but it's not actually going to injure you unless your body has some kind of reaction to it. Huh. So I don't know. Well, I don't, I don't know anything either, but... 
I'm trusting you because you did an internet research. And that's what it said. So I trust the science. I trust tiny science. I tell you what, after reading this article, mm-hmm. it made it immediately made me want to go out and buy this Try chip one. to see what all the fuss was about. But you can't find it because Packy, the brand they, that they makes it, they, they're, they sent letters out to all the retailers. There's saying, one on eBay right now, probably. There is. Yeah. They're going for like 20 and somewhere between 20 and 50 bucks. Wow. You know. Would you eat one on the show? Yeah. If we if anyone out there listening to this has one. Yeah. Or has access to one. <laughs> it's got to be vacuum sealed. Sure. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want anybody sending me poison. <laughs> I'll eat it on the show. Reach out to the show. <laughs> And we'll make a judgment call. Okay. I don't, I'm never, I'm not a huge, like, I want to burn my mouth person. We've talked about that before. So I would never try it. Mm -hmm. If people were like, try this, see how hot it is, I may be like, no. Would you just like touch your tongue to it? No. Nothing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no. These lips are delicate. <laughs> All right? I have a finely tuned machine up here. You can't go messing with perfection, burning your mouth up and stuff. So, hey, just a, a quick tip: if you ever do like find yourself eating something too spicy, yeah, you know what cools that burn? What's that? Like milk? Okay. Hmm. Something. Yeah. Something to do with the something in it actually goes in and blocks the receptors yeah. in your taste buds from like the capsaicin. Well, like I can eat jalapenos and stuff like that. I don't I don't choose to eat a lot of spicy stuff mm-hmm. though. So, but it that's not too hot, you know. Mo- that's pretty mild actually, probably compared to a lot of this other stuff. So, I actually really like spice. Now, I don't like it painful, but yeah. I want it to get I want to get as close to painful as possible. Yeah, I don't understand the people who like it. Like, I just like I just like I like the yeah. taste. I like it being spicy. And then they act like they're man more manlier than you because they can eat stuff that's hotter than you. Yeah. You're just like, all right, buddy, whatever. You Listen, know? You, men, we are, we're always trying to prove we're better yeah, somehow. Right. You're so. just like, okay, we're talking about peppers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're getting you're getting some sense of masculinity over the ability to eat peppers. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's judge our kids. Bet I can eat. Bet I can eat more peppers than <laughs> yeah. you. Like, let's put our kids up against each other no. and see who's got the better ones. That's more of a judge of who's the better man. Uh, okay. Well, let's see. Let's talk about another medical emergency. This time with a dog. Family, there's a video of this, so check the show notes. Family rushing to save a dog's life held at gunpoint by police. Okay. This is from New Mexico. A New Mexico family rushing to try and save their dog's life was stopped and held at gunpoint by the cops. Um, QR, no, KRQE investigates obtained the police videos from a traffic stop that still has the family in disbelief. Um, I just like to, I just want to acknowledge that, yes, those just. Capital letters gave me trouble. <laughs> K-R-Q-E. That's, that's a tough letters to say. Those all are, jumbled together like that. He's the only real common one. Well, R's common. The K and Q threw me off. <laughs> I hate K and Q. You don't see them that much. Especially Q. I mean, yeah. just get the F out. What do you do? What do you do for the English language? <laughs> It, make the same letter as a, make the same sound as a K. Look, the Q is in the alphabet for conspiracy theorists. <laughs> 
That's the only reason. <laughs> Did officer police officers take things too far? That's what attorneys with the ACLU believe, and now the family plans to file a lawsuit. It was a neighborhood cat that lured Stella the Labradoodle into traffic in July. Whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute. Yeah? They're saying a, a cat. I'm guessing it was just out there. Yeah, there was just a cat in the yard. I don't think the cat was specifically <laughs> trying to get this dog. Coming on out here, buddy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got some bacon treats. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to chase me in traffic? Um, I was like, oh, my God, our dog just got hit, Tara Albright recalled. Um, she said she was bringing food inside the house for dinner when she realized a speeding car in her neighborhood had hit her dog. Um, the Albright family jumped into action, Tara holding Stella in the passenger seat while her husband, William, drove and their teenage son in the back seat. We jumped in the car and started trying to get to the ER as fast as we could to save her life. Well, the ER take pets. I, I guess they're talking about a pet ER. Okay. Albert drove down through down 550 through Bernalillo from their Rio Rancho home towards the nearest 24 hour emergency vet. He spotted a Bernalillo police <laughs> cruiser. <laughs> Uh, I imagine if he was going to pull me over for speeding, I'd pull over, Albrecht told KRQE. He said something to me. He said something to me and then maybe even help. Oh, he'd say something to me and then maybe even help us get there. You know, <laughs> I've heard of stories like that before, but that didn't happen. Police video from the officer's lapel footage shows what did happen. Officer Jermaine Navarez is seen pointing his gun at Albright. As he shouts, driver, step out of the vehicle. The offer continues shouting commands at Albright, who has his hands in the air. Face the F away from me, the officer shouts. Uh, lapel video shows Officer Jermaine Navarez ordering Albright out of his car at gunpoint and telling him to walk backwards towards uh, him in traffic. Step back, step effing back. Go to your left, Officer Navarez is shouting as cars pass by them on the busy road. My dog's going to die, Albrecht tried to explain to the officer who doesn't approach the family's vehicle. Realizing what was happening, Albrecht's wife starts to record on her cell phone. Uh, Uh (laughs) Roll the window down, Remy, Tara tells her son. Her cell phone video shows the vantage point she, uh, she had as her husband is directed away from the family's vehicle. I was thinking, this is unbelievable. I can't believe it's like, why did someone just come check someone? Why didn't someone just come and check with us and find out the reason for our speeding and help us? She and her son watched in disbelief as officer, uh, as the officer directed Albright to step forward toward oncoming traffic and get on his knees. Step back, go to your left, Officer Navarre shouted. Effing faster, get on your knees. Daggum. That's what I tell dude that all the time. <laughs> that's a, I mean, that's a poor joke. I, I understand that sometimes if a police officer is in a situation where they're worried about maybe their life will be on the line or something, maybe they maybe the language can yeah. get kind of spicy, but sure, man, it's not like there was just speeding, <laughs> which <laughs> I mean. Maybe he thought that this guy was like running from a robbery or something, but yeah, 
Man. Um, Albert's wife and 16-year-old son also had guns pointed in their direction. Albert was handcuffed as he continued trying to explain to officers, my dog's about to die. My dog's about to die. I saw my son was sticking his hands out the window, too. Like, dude, our dog's going to die. Albert recalled being fearful for his son. I was scared. I was genuinely scared. The officer's lapel footage shows a shirtless 16-year-old with his hands in the air pleading with police, our dog's going to die. The teen tried to point the officers in his mother's directions to see their dog was bleeding from its head, and none of them seemed to even care at the moment at all. Um, all right, this is a very this is much longer than I thought it would be. <laughs> did, did the dog die? That's what I'm trying to get down to. Holy. Okay, so finally the officers uh, checked on Albert's wife, convinced Navarez to let the family go. Let them get out of here, the officer told uh, Navarez. The officer made the call on his radio. All responding units, go ahead and downgrade. So they were calling back up. <laughs> wow. <laughs> As police removed his handcuffs, Albrecht told Navarez, dude, you're something else, man. Officer Navarez replied, you're something else, sir. That was unnecessary, Albert told the officers. Good luck with your dog, Navarra said as the patrol car <laughs> door slammed. The family's dog, Stella, didn't make it. She's not in heaven either. I hate to break it to him. I hate to break it to him. The family said she died shortly after they arrived at the vet, which means they still got to pay a vet bill. Like oh, In that instance, you hope it dies before you get there. It's horrible, said Tara. She was such a great dog. They had no weapons or warrants attached to their vehicle or name. I can't believe you pulled her gun on my kid, sir, Albrecht told Navarez during the traffic stop. It's policy, Navarez replied. Oh, yeah, I hear you, Albrecht replied. So, huh. Protect and serve. That's what our police are there to do. <laughs> <laughs> we, I mean, but- is there was there any kind of like APB out on a car that was? Similar I'm sure that's what the something? cops will Surely say. Surely there was something. Yeah, I, I want to believe there's more to the story. Yeah, than just they were. Well, the guy was, these people with the dog. They clearly love their dog, probably a little more than you should. <laughs> to, I mean, to be honest, like okay, losing a dog is a real bummer. Yeah, it's it it stinks. It's no fun. Yeah, but. I, I don't know if I would be like speeding, you know, risking I mean, the safety of my family. Well, that's what I was, that was the point to I was going to make. Yeah. I might drive 65 and a 55 to get my dog to the vet mm-hmm. in that instance. He sounds like a person <clears throat> that was maybe driving 95 and a 55 to get their dog to the vet. Yeah. And to be fair, I have no idea yeah. what he was driving. And I imagine if you're but. a cop, you see somebody doing that, and then they don't immediately pull over because they're going 95 miles per hour. And they you're thinking get, they're running. Yeah. And there's some up. reason yeah. that they're running. And it's got to be illegal. It's uh-huh. got to be a crime. They've committed a crime somewhere and getting away from it or something like that. And they're just trying to get their dog to the vet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The officer probably should have been like, let me secure the vehicle, check everybody on their way. My apologies. You guys were at an alarming rate above the thing, above mm-hmm. the speed limit. That's why I was cautious. Get on your way. I wish your dog well. Everything would have been fine, yeah. right? But that's and, what, police and, don't like it when you don't do what they say. And now that I think about it, how would you effing back the F up? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what does that I understand back up, but <laughs> how do you do that? 
I'm confused, officer. I'm not understanding your directions. I don't know. Yeah. But just back the blue, everybody. That's what you're supposed to do. Just back the blue. Just back them, no matter what. No, really, this dude should probably get in trouble. That was a bit much. It seems like it was a bit much. Yeah. But it's also possible we don't have the full story. Yeah, and the other side of it is that police, not everyone they deal with wants to kill them, but some of the people they deal with wants to kill them. So they have to treat everyone like they want to kill them, you know? And when my cousin explained that to me, I was like, that makes me understand why you guys are pricks sometimes. You <laughs> I know? Mean, also, which, I mean, look, I think cops are people. Yeah. You know, they're so, sure. some of them, most of them are probably good. Some of them not probably not so great. Yeah, definitely. But I don't, police officers typically don't deal with the best of society. No, not like at they're, all. They're eight hour a day, whatever they're working, their shift. Yeah. It's just going from one bad situation yes. to the next. No, I know. <laughs> so yes. I my uh another friend of mine that's a police officer or a, well, he actually works for Sheriff's Department. That's one of the things he said. He was like, You have to be very careful that it doesn't make you hate mm-hmm. all of society. He's like, You have to constantly remind yourself, I'm just dealing with the idiots out here. Right. You know, there's a ton of good people doing good things in the world, but all I see from my show. <laughs> Are idiots. I got pulled over two weeks ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was not wearing my seatbelt. Oh, because rule I breaker. I don't feel like the government has the yeah. right to tell me I have don't, to wear my seatbelt. Don't tread on me, baby. <laughs> that said, they pulled me over. I was going to work, and I was right there at work. Yeah. And I pulled in, and I parked there, and he came up. And <laughs> because I didn't want to – I mean, look – like we talked about, they deal with some rough people. Sure. So I told the police officer, I said, the window on this truck does not roll down. It's broken. Right. I don't want to scare you. Can I open the door? Yeah. <laughs> and, and he said, yes. So I open the door. I give him my license and my proof of insurance. And he says, do you work here? And I said, yes, sir, I do. No fooling. And I showed him my name badge. Yeah. And then he said, well, when, when, when are you going in? I said in about ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, and then he went back and he like he ran my license and he came back and he said you weren't wearing your safety belt. And I said I'm sorry, sir, and he let me go. He said I'm gonna let you go go with a warning. Just right. wear your safety belt. And I said thank you, sir. Uh, I'm gonna go to work. Uh, thank you for your service. And <laughs> thank you for your service. Anyone, <laughs> thank you for your service. I love it. <laughs> and and that was it. You should have saluted him. <laughs> Did you wear your seatbelt home? No. <laughs> so you don't wear your seatbelt, Tiny? I shh. I should wear my seat. I wear my seatbelt in the van because it beeps incessantly if I yeah. don't. Well, yeah, you, you just plug it in behind you and leave it yeah. in. I'm yeah. bad. And I'm look, I'm not defending it. Yes. Yeah. It is a a gra- a sad stain on my life that I oftentimes won't wear my seatbelt. Okay. I, I don't hate it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I feel like you're free to do that. Mm-hmm. Deidre's dad doesn't wear his seatbelt either. Yeah. He got a ticket driving one time. And uh, if I remember that he was telling the story about himself, could have been about somebody else. I don't want to, I don't want to speak bad on my father-in-law's name. Said he got a ticket for not wearing a seatbelt. And mm-hmm. uh, he told the cop, he was like, you can write me a ticket for not wearing it, but you can't make me wear it. <laughs> I'm sure they love that. Oh, yeah. 
That's what we don't we don't always back the blue with the people <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sometimes we're very against the blue. <laughs> But well, oftentimes we're for the blue. I was about to say the the blue. Sometimes they make mistakes too. Yeah, right. The, yeah. I think the biggest problem everybody have when all that started is like uh, the police unions and stuff seem to protect folks that are bad, like right. cops that are bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you know that's just a problem with unions. That's really not a problem <laughs> with police. That's why we should abolish them. Yeah, it's their job to protect, <laughs> protect bad, cops. bad cops. Surely that doesn't happen with teachers unions or anything like right. that. Surely. Uh-huh. Nobody ever does anything. Um, okay, it, it's your I think turn. It's my turn. Yeah. Okay, John. Let me tell you a story about a man who had a dream. Okay. <laughs> to cross the Atlantic in a giant hamster wheel. Nice. And Coast Guard says no. Nah. Okay. <laughs> Shout out to Wilts. He put this in the Facebook group. <laughs> Coast Guard arrest a man trying to run a giant hamster wheel across the Atlantic. Try as he might, Reza Belushi can't reach his destination without running afoul of the U.S. Coast Guard. The key problem is his vessel, a giant floating hamster wheel made of buoys and wire, self-propelled by Belushi running inside. Belushi, who lives in Florida, after being granted asylum from Iran, was taken in by the Coast Guard last week aboard his vessel following several days of back and forth with the authorities. According to a criminal complaint, Filed in the U.S. District Court in South Florida, the Coast Guard cutter Valiant came across Bellucci and his homemade vessel about 70 nautical miles east of Tybee Island, Georgia. Is a nautical mile different than a regular mile? Just curious. I, I really have no clue. <laughs> I don't either. I'm not a seaman. I need to know these things if I'm going to be a pirate in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, we need to get all this stuff down. <laughs> yes, make a note. We read some Wikipedia articles. <laughs> Uh, This was on August 26, as the Coast Guard was preparing for Hurricane Franklin. He told officers his destination. He was was headed for London, England, (laughs) which is more than 4,000 miles away. Doesn't say if it's nautical miles or not. Yeah, right. (laughs) I don't know. Bellucci was asked for the vehicle's registration. He said it was registered in Florida, but that he couldn't find it, the registration. According to the complaint. It's around here somewhere. I know I brought it with me. I think a dolphin ate it. <laughs> the Coast Guard assessed Bellucci's vessel, known as a hydropod, and determined that he was conducting a manifestly unsafe voyage, according to Coast Guard Special Agent Michael Perez in the complaint, which does not identify Bellucci's starting point. The officers then approached him in a small boat, and instructed him to join them. They were ending his voyage due to it being unsafe. Bellucci replied that he had a 12-inch knife and would attempt to kill himself if the officers attempted to remove him from his vessel. Okay. According to the complaint. (laughs) Okay, I was on his side of it till now. (laughs) I mean, at that point, Hey, just good luck, bro. Yeah, hey, well, <laughs> you're going to die either way, yeah. trying to go 4,000 miles across the Atlantic, uh, the Atlantic in this thing. Says that the officers then returned to the cutter and they stayed nearby. When the officers tried again over the next day or so to get him to join them on the small boat, he displayed two knives. Oh, they're, they're reproducing. <laughs> <laughs> and he threatened to hurt himself if officers boarded his vessel. Bellucci also threatened to blow himself up along with his vessel. That the tracks. Officer- he was Iranian. <laughs> I mean, 
Something tells me that Coast Guard does not like that. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> the officer saw him holding wires in his hand, and they believed him, the complaint says. That's what I said. He's Iranian. They were like, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I don't want to profile, but guys, we might just want to be cautious on this. The following day, <laughs> would you have been like, are you gonna are you gonna cut yourself or are you gonna blow yourself up? Yeah. Which is it? Which one are you gonna do? <laughs> yes. I'd be like, dude, we got guns too. <laughs> do you want to fight for real? <laughs> the following day, a second Coast Guard cutter named Campbell arrived and again sent a small boat to Bellucci to deliver food, water, and word that the hurricane was expected. He again refused to leave his vessel and told officers that the bomb wasn't real. Dude. Yeah, you had your trump card. (laughs) That's what I say. You tell them your bomb's not real, now they're definitely not going to leave you alone. Yeah. (laughs) On August 29th, Campbell once more sent a small boat and this time was able to safely remove him from his floating hamster wheel. He was brought ashore in Miami Beach last Friday where he was released on $250,000 bond. How did he get that bond? I don't know. That's a very good question. Who put up the like collateral for that? Hmm. Saudi Arabia. It's probably the CIA. <laughs> While his case is underway, he is barred from travel outside the Southern District of Florida and may not go to the ocean or board a vessel on the ocean. I feel like this is a dude that's going to follow that. You know? It says here that this wasn't his first try. This is far from his first encounter with the Coast Guard. He has attempted voyages in a similar homemade vessel in 2014, 2016, and 2021, all of which in, in resulted in USCG intervention. <laughs> so, man. How are they finding him? You I mean, know, somebody like sees him leaving from the beach and they're like, <laughs> oh, boy's at it again. Call the Coast Guard. I have no idea. I have been told that the U.S. has incredible surveillance equipment for the oceans yeah. because we need to know where all the submarines sure, are. Sure, right. Now, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's why. It could. I don't know. I have no idea. Well, you'll be happy to know that a nautical mile is slightly longer than a mile. Okay. Um, equaling um, 1.1508 land-measured miles. Huh, I wonder why they, wonder why they did that. The curvature of the earth. No, I don't know. I could read more of this Wikipedia article if you want me to, to find the why behind it, Uh but we probably don't have time for that. You just report back to me. I'll do some studying on it in the morning. Says Bellucci is a man of big dreams and unorthodox methods. Not long after arriving in the U.S., he was profiled in the New York Times, and he began a quest to run across the country Forrest Gump style. He reportedly finished the coast-to-coast journey not once but twice. He also he was also the focus of a short documentary from Vice about his 2014 and 2016 attempts to travel from Boca Raton, Florida to Bermuda, a distance of more than a thousand miles by running inside his homemade floating bubble. In the video, he explains his motivation in using unusual means of travel. If you drive a boat, nobody cares, but bubble, nobody did that before. Oh, okay. Uh, well, there you go. He's I just mean, a daredevil. He's like evil Knievel. Yeah, I don't I don't want this guy to get hurt, but should he not be allowed to pursue his dream? Yeah, I, I, that's what I would think. Yeah. But yeah, I, how and, do you and, expect and, something made out of baling wire and buoys to make it across the Atlantic Ocean? Well, if no one tries, <laughs> we'll never know. I just feel like, <laughs> and where's his food cache? Are people going to meet him with food, or is he just like, I'm gonna catch a fish. Maybe he can. Maybe he can. I'm sure he's. Surely he took some. 
Yeah, but how do you? But you gotta. I guess you gotta fish too. I saw this. Th- there's this show. I don't know what network it came on, but it was called "I Shouldn't Be Alive." Have you ever heard of that? No. There was this show. It was called "I Shouldn't Be Alive," and it was just people who were telling stories about this crazy situation they were in. And there was one about a dude who he built a boat. He was super into sailing and his boat sank and he spent 80 something days at sea in a raft emergency life raft. Wow. And finally washed up on the shore of an Island and was rescued. Golly. Not crazy. That is crazy. He just catch fish, I guess. Yeah. That's what he did. He, He said that he had some emergency rations, but not enough for 80 something days. Right. And uh, it was a crazy, it was a crazy story, but yeah, he was, he was out there. He had a, like a, like a gaff uh-huh. and he was able to spear fish. Huh. And of course he had to eat them sushi style and, yeah, eat that's them raw. Fine. and his solar steel, he didn't know how, I mean, he had, he had three, but he didn't know how they worked. And huh. he actually had to take one apart to figure out how it worked so that he could use the other two. Yeah. And then I think it was something like a week before he finally washed up on shore. He was trying to spear a fish and it swam up under his raft and, and sliced his raft. Oh, and so he spent a week just every few minutes, like pump, trying to like pump it back up to keep it floating. Yeah. And at one point he said that he wondered, he thought he was dead. He was like, he was like, "I, I might be dead and this might be my, this is eternity. This is my eternity. Yeah. Because he said that he was like seeing people out there. He was delirious. Sure. He thought that that was his his afterlife. That's tough. <laughs> Let's talk about a couple of those in another tough situation. Okay. A couple was demanding a refund after they would seated, were seated next to a drooling and farting dog on a 13-hour flight. <laughs> A couple is demanding that Singapore Airlines refund plane tickets from their flight to Paris to Singapore because they sat next to a dog that was farting, drooling, and snorting throughout the flight. (laughs) Snorting? (laughs) You know how dogs will snort on you. Yeah. Uh, Gil and Warren Press from Wellington, New Zealand's capital, told Stuff that they wanted Singapore Airlines to give their money back for the 13-hour flight because of their unpleasant experience. The couple said that they bought two premium economy seats on Singapore Airlines flight, but ended up moving to economy because they were sat next to another passenger's dog that was drooling and farting throughout the journey. (laughs) The couple said they weren't informed that they were going to be sitting next to a dog prior to the flight. I heard this noise, a heavy snorting, Gil said. I thought it was my husband's phone, but we looked down and realized it was the dog's breathing. She said it became too much to bear when it began farting midway through the flight (laughs) and taking up Warren's leg room. The passenger couldn't have the dog out in the aisle because they couldn't get the trolleys through, so it had to come in further, which meant his head was under my husband's feet, she added. My husband was in shorts, and he was getting the dog saliva goo on his legs. (laughs) She said they complained to the flight attendant, who eventually offered them two seats in economy that had been reserved for Singapore Airlines staff. She said the couple were assured that they would be contacted by the airline after they landed. However, they said it took two weeks for the airline to reach out with an apology and offer them... um, 
about about roughly a seventy three dollars in gift vouchers. Hmm. Uh, after Gillen Ward responded saying it wasn't enough to reflect the difference in value of the seat switch, they said the airline took nearly a month to make a counter offer. Two travel vouchers worth around $118 each. But the couple still say this was not acceptable and they are continuing to seek a full refund. Um, a statement to insider Singapore Airlines representatives apologized to the couple for their experience on their flight. Uh, SIA endeavors to notify customers who may be seated next to an assistant dog prior to boarding. In circumstances where customers seated next to an assistant dog request to be moved, we will assist to reseat customers within the same cabin space if it permits. In this instance, in this instance, we were unable to move Mr. and Mrs. Press within the same cabin as the premium economy class cabin was full, they said. You got to be blind to have a service dog. That's what is all this is about. Everybody's bringing, they brought like their <laughs> beloved family pet and said it was a, a service dog. And it was. A service hmm. dog's not snorting and farting. <laughs> You know, they're, they're professionals. They're like, yes, they're they're like the uh, green berets of the pet world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they know how to conduct themselves. There was two people who worked at camp this summer. Did I tell about them? They had service dogs. Uh-uh. Okay. Apparently, these people just are professional summer camp workers the dude went through this whole laundry list of camps he'd worked at all over the united states and stuff what brings us him and his wife he was an older dude and his wife was younger and uh she had a service dog for her anxiety Mm. so the emotional support animal yeah and i was like well what's what's your service dog you know like what's it what's up with that you know if you don't mind telling he's like Mm. well i have a bad back and if my back goes out, I can't move. And I was like, I didn't say this to him, but in my head, I was like, is your dog lassie? <laughs> is he going to go run tell that your bad back has run out? In my head, I was like, and I know the camp director very well. We worked on camp staff together. I've known him my whole life. And I was like, you know, they just want an excuse to bring their dogs with them everywhere, right? He's like, yeah, I know. I was like, okay. Was like, I just, and they were, they were like, went through this whole speech to the kids. Don't touch the service dogs. They're working. If you see them without their vest on, mm-hmm. then you can play with them, you know. And they were just too, they weren't even like They're just two bread. dogs. They're just two dogs. <laughs> <laughs> they were well-behaved and trained, you know. Yeah. I mean, they weren't like running around bunches or anything. It sounds like this is like the stolen valor of the pet world. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you're, not, you're not a real service animal. You're just putting on a show. I think you need to be blind to have a service dog. Right. I've had people say, well, I, my service dog detects my low blood sugar, all of that. They may be telling the truth, but I'm sorry because of other people abusing the service dog thing. <laughs> you're going to have to just prick your finger more or something. No. How does a dog, how can he tell? I don't know. Can he smell it? That I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That'd be crazy if, uh, in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, the dogs on Looney Tunes out there in the Swiss Alps that yes, have like the, the jug of whiskey yes. under their, a on their under, collar. Yes, right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, those big St. Bernard's. Yes. Yeah. I, 
I just I don't know. I just feel like a service dog. They should be held to a higher standard. Mm-hmm. We'd have people try to bring them in roly poly, like little lap dogs. Oh, this is my service dog. I'd be like, no. <laughs> Did you tell them that? Yeah, I'm like, health department won't let a dog, you know, we can't have dogs in here. Well, this is a service dog. Well, you can eat on the patio. Yeah. You know, we're not denying you service. We just can't have it in here because we have food in an open kitchen. You know? And that dog has fur. Yeah, right. A lot of fur. And I just want to tell you no, because I know that ain't a service <laughs> dog. You're not blind. I saw you walk up here. You're fine. Yeah. People are taking advantage of the service You didn't trip dogs. over that chair that I deliberately put in <laughs> your right. path to yes. see if you were really blind or not. Oh, I gave you one. I gave you a punch and you flinched. I know you're not blind. <laughs> Yeah. All right. We did have a legit person that did bring a service dog, you know, mm-hmm. like you could tell. And they had they had something wrong with them. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was, but they wasn't right. <laughs> it wasn't whatever this dog was doing. Yeah, it was helping it was them out. Helping. They needed that dog. <laughs> All right, John. Uh my next story here, I'm just gonna give you a warning. It is creepy. Okay. And, and I have been told not to yuck somebody else's yum. <laughs> Okay. But to heck with that. <laughs> this right. gives me all of the hibby-jibbies. All right. Headline here. Man indicted for allegedly breaking into Clarkson Daycare, pretending to be, quote, baby Danielle. Okay. Clarkson, New York. A man from Holly has been indicted on a burglary charge for it allegedly entering a Clarkson Daycare Center on a handful of occasions, stealing diapers, formula, and leaving behind bizarre notes earlier this year. Dog, if he's stealing formula, it might be a felony theft. That stuff's so expensive. <laughs> and leaving bizarre notes, I mean, every well, bit of this is creeping yeah, me out. No, this guy's a weirdo. Danielle Sealer, now 66, was arrested on February 18th. I guess they're just now writing about it for this some is, reason. No, well, you said it was a guy, and his name's Danielle. I'm sorry, Daniel. Okay. Daniel Sealer. He is 66. He I was wouldn't re- be surprised if it was Daniel. <laughs> he was allegedly caught by deputies running out of Inspire Learning and Child Care on Lake Road. He is accused of leaving money and handwritten notes on three separate occasions less than a month prior, <laughs> asking the staff for adult-sized diapers, sure, properly-sized bras, and dresses for himself and more indicating that he likes to play as a baby girl while calling himself Baby Danielle. Okay, Baby Danielle. <laughs> Look, if you – I was just thought about that. If you wanted to be transgender, you hit the lottery if your parents named you Daniel. You know, right. that's an easy it's, switch for your an name. easy switch, yeah. Tracy, too, if you're a male Tracy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, but are you allowed to, like, just identify as a baby? I guess you can. <laughs> I mean, We can identify as anything now, Tiny. <laughs> the center's director – also reportedly saw surveillance video showing him piecing several diapers together to make a big one before putting it on <laughs> and running out of the building. He had to strap up. This together. dude is breaking into a daycare yeah. center and putting diapers together yeah. and strapping them on himself. Does he know they sell diapers at the grocery store? I don't know. Maybe yeah. he thinks these are better for some reason because they come from the child care center. Go shoplift from Dollar General like an honest man. <laughs> Yeah. Don't what bother. are they going to do? Call the police? Yeah. There's only one person working. You got to squeeze a little rubber ducky up front to get them to come ring you up. Authorities said that Sealer admitted his involvement and is working through an addiction 
the center previously told us to it made changes to increase security, including installing new door locks. But it, I guess it didn't. It's a crafty four-year-old girl. <laughs> she can get in any door In the lock. body of a 66-year-old sure, man. Right. Huh. But I, I don't know, dude, if, if I am the director of a daycare yeah, and I have a 66-year-old man who claims he's struggling with addiction and he's yeah. breaking in yeah. and he's leaving notes and he's dressing up as a little girl, this is just... Uh, you just got to kill him. I mean, there's nothing else you can do. <laughs> That's all you can do. Stand your ground, castle doctrine. <laughs> Just wait in there one night when he pops in. It just sounds like this is a nightmare waiting to happen. Sure. Like, like who knows what he's going to do next? This dude is weird. <laughs> yes. That's the problem with the internet. I've told y'all. And I wouldn't be pa- I wouldn't be talking about how terrible this was. If, if he was doing all this in the privacy of his own yeah, home. Yeah, right. It's still weird in my opinion. Very weird. But hey, you're not hurting nobody. I'm aware that there are adults who are into baby diaper stuff. (laughs) You know, you can't visit some of the websites I visit (laughs) and not see people making fun of them. Yeah. So I'm aware that that exists. That should be done between consenting adults, not breaking in a daycare where children really are. There's no, he probably left DNA all over that place. If you know what I'm saying, (laughs) like we need to Clorox that whole building. Yeah. This, this little baby girl is a menace to society, (laughs) but even put her in juvie, (laughs) lock her up. How would we catch her? I don't know. <laughs> like a, a lure like a big some, giant lollipop. She had a bar a Barbie house. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much the same way pedophiles work, probably. <laughs> hey, we got some free candy over here. <laughs> it's been working for centuries. <laughs> and like little kids walk up and be like, get out of here, kid. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not talking not you. No. <laughs> we're, we're not hunting you. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen an old man walking around with diapers on? <laughs> <laughs> Send them our way. <laughs> yeah. This the, is, uh, I don't uh, like anything. I don't like anything about this yeah. story. Uh, the adult, uh, the adult baby fetishes, they're up there with the feet people for sure. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, they're up there. They're the same people, just they're expressing their weirdness in a different way. Right. Which I don't know, man. I, I don't. I don't. I mean, everybody's everybody's different. Yeah, but don't, <laughs> uh, some things crank my tractor that don't crank yours. Again, I got again, here's my thing though. You need to keep that in your own home. Don't be breaking into a little kid's daycare center, right? And exposing us all to your weird kink. Sure. I'm just wondering how you were like. You know what? I really get off on. <laughs> you know how'd that happen? Yeah, how did that happen? <laughs> I can understand the feet thing. Like you're looking at naked playboys, of, you know, of a naked lady, and yeah. you're like, "I like this part. I like this part. Here's another part that I think is cool too." You know, and so you <laughs> right. get into that. Well, I'm, maybe you even like grow up in a in a culture where women they only they only show you their feet. Sure, right. And so you're like, okay, yeah, no, like I'm, I'm into that. Yeah. She's got a cute little pinky toe on her. <laughs> Oh, and a wee, 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 that thing all the way home. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that works. But I can understand that more than you're just sitting around. It's like, you know what I really like to do is put on a diaper and suck on a passy. (laughs) And crap myself. Yeah. And have some other woman change change it. 
Now, breastfeeding, maybe, maybe. <laughs> right. I mean, just for practice, I don't know. <laughs> I could get into that part. Yeah. I don't know about the rest of it, though. So, yeah, those people are weird. Um, <laughs> speaking of weird, let's talk about priests. <laughs> That's a bad segue. <laughs> Russia hires a priest to train kids to fly combat drones at a church school. Huh. Russia has hired a priest uh, to train children on how to operate unmanned area vehicle, uh, aerial vehicles, UAVs, for combat in school recently, in a school recently opened in the country's Krasnodar region. The priest, Igor Berkuov, told Russian news outlet Linta that the training will focus on learning how to fly dr- flying drones, including with the help of technical simulators, Programming and 3D design will also be taught. The school is located in the city of, oh, get ready for this, <laughs> Prochnukovskaya. Nailed it. Prochnukovskaya in Krasnodar Krai and was opened this month for the children of parishioners. Its opening comes weeks after Russian officials announced that students in high schools would be taught how drones are operated in combat and how to use them for reconnaissance as part of a basic military training program. The Ukraine conflict has underlined the importance of UAVs in modern warfare, with both sides using them for reconnaissance and attack, with Moscow itself repeatedly being hit by what Russians said were Ukrainian drones. Um, so far, we have five laptops for general practice and three laptops for drone practice. There is also a fleet of drones, but our logistics will improve as donations come in. We intend to improve uh, our inventory. The amount of hardware will also expand. I think that in the future, we will acquire the so-called all-terrain drone, said Berkyov. Artem Shekin, a senator from Russia's Amur region, who proposed the courses on military drones, told Russian state-run news agency RIA Novosti that the classes would begin in schools on September 1st. So they're already rolling. Mm-hmm. They're already teaching them. Um, Russian's first deputy minister of defense, uh, Ruslan Toslikov, said in a statement that the program, which has been improved by Russian's education ministry, will teach students the fundamentals of terrain reconnaissance and enemy unmanned aerial vehicle combat methods. The current army is not just Kalashnikov assault rifles, but also advanced unmanned vehicles, Shrekland said, according to RIA Novosti. So hmm. I don't think this is a bad idea. I was just fixing to say, I, I want, I would, it'd be nice if war everywhere. Yeah. Could just be done. Yeah, let's end that. And people just quit killing each other. Sure. That said, that does sound like a fun class. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) If you're a kid, you're basically playing with drones all day long. I Look, I have been a huge video gamer my entire life, and I've been told all my life about what a waste of time it is. (laughs) It's so nice to see that gamers, (laughs) with their hand-eye coordination and their Lightning fast reflexes are finally starting to That's right. have an outlet for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's good for them. What they're not planning for, though, is when the Ukrainian 
gay super soldiers <laughs> uh, take over. <laughs> well, what are, what, are they, what are they gonna do? Are they gonna rape a drone? <laughs> no. <laughs> all right, we're getting this is all Patreon jokes. <laughs> the general public doesn't know what we're talking about. And I was about to say a Patreon level joke. You had to join up to hear stuff like that. <laughs> we'll we'll return to this topic later on. <laughs> um yeah, I, I, I mean, if you're going to be a warring nation, maybe it's not a bad idea to start training them as early just as possible. Start training your kids to it's kill just, people with machines. It's just kind of wild. A church is like, you know what we want to do is teach y'all how to kill people. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? That seems a little weird. Yeah. Maybe it's not a, a, a mainline religion or something like that. I don't know. Maybe their whole education system is done by the church. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know a lot about Russia. I w- I spent last weekend with a guy who used to live and work in Russia at the embassy. So, huh. what do he say? Uh, he doesn't say a lot about the work he did because <laughs> <laughs> he did some work that, um, was it wet work? <laughs> More than likely. Yes. <laughs> I've known him my whole life. Uh-huh. He is absolutely insane, but also a genius. And he speaks like five or six languages. That's impressive. Yeah. The one time I asked him what he did, this was when he was working at the embassy in Italy. He's, I said, what do you do at work? You know, like, what's your typical day like mm-hmm. at work? And he said, I sit behind a desk and wait to kill people. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know if he was serious. <laughs> and then what happens? Or not. <laughs> I don't know if he was serious or not, but I was just like, I don't guess I need to ask any more questions. <laughs> I would have been like, so do they send you a picture? Do you just get a name? Do you are you waiting to like be overran by like attackers or something? Is that what it is? I don't know. But yeah. Huh. Yeah. He's a cool dude though. All right. Yeah. So that was my last story. Do you have one more? No, that's it. All right. I guess we need to read the Cajun Curl ad. We want to thank Cajun Curl, Bayou Blended Spice, for all their support. Check them out at their website, CajunCurl.com, where you can order the spice right there. It was created on the Elm Bayou in Evangeline Parish, Louisiana, and it's a seasoning that goes on everything. If you like cooking or eating, this is a spice for you. Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice goes well with chicken, beef, pork, potatoes, and anything else you can think of putting it on. Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice on anything will change your life. On their website, CajunCurl.com, you can order the original Bayou Blended Spice. You can also find recipes that are absolutely mind-blowing. You can locate your nearest retailer or order your own. If your local grocer doesn't carry world-famous Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice, ask them to start stocking it now. Here locally, it's available at Vowles Fresh Market on Skyland Boulevard, Mark's Mart in downtown Northport, and the Piggly Wigglies on Lurling Wallace and down in Taylorville, and South's Finest Meats. All their products are made in the USA, so not only do you enjoy the taste of Cajun Curl, but you also feel like Joe Biden walking out of a Medal of Honor ceremony. (laughs) 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 And... and, uh, uh, Oh, it's all natural. It's low salt. It has a little kick to it, but it doesn't burn your lips. World-famous Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice. Taste the spice, but not the heat. 
check them out at CajunCurl.com and use our promo code EOP10 to get a 10% discount. Because we ask that you use a spice, but we don't ask you pay full price. That's right. Well, we don't have any questions this week, and we don't have any phone calls, probably because I actually didn't get the show up until early today. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> we did get a message in last night. Uh, from uh, it says, uh, never thought I'd see the day when Oregon State would have a better record than Alabama. Oh, it won't last long. LOL. So <laughs> that hurts. I, know. I mean, <laughs> ouch. <laughs> That's really hate speech, <laughs> and I don't appreciate it. <laughs> Did you see the meme? Of uh, Bama fans watching the game, and it was Mitch McConnell. I did. Like, That's hate speech. <laughs> I, I put that on the comment of our mutual friend that you work with. Yes. I put that. I was like, I'm reporting this as hate speech. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> the funniest ones are what I shared that was like, that Carly Russell's baby's gained more yards than Alabama offense has. <laughs> Dang. Uh, man. Yeah. Oh, well. It, it was fun while it lasted. It was good. Yeah. And we'll see what happens for the rest of the year. I'm not hopeful, but that's fine. We've, we'll be okay. I would like to think that Saban has one more championship in him before he calls it quits, but we'll just have to see. <laughs> Buddy, <laughs> I don't know if this is the year. <laughs> I, I definitely don't think this is the year. Now, I'm a classic overreactor. Like a reasonable person would say, hey, this is the second game of the year. You got a virtually brand-new quarterback. You're playing against a good team. You know, And a lot of it was self-inflicted, Yeah, honestly. Yes. I mean, just yes. think, if we had uh, – I mean – if we had those two touchdowns, yeah, that were taken back because of penalties, if if we had executed those properly, yeah, then we would have been up there. If we hadn't have just thrown a straight interception to it, dude, <laughs> oh, we threw it right to him. <laughs> there was nobody around him. You know, we we hurt ourselves. They Texas deserves all the credit. They're a good football team. They beat us, but. You know, a reasonable person would say all that. I am not reasonable. <laughs> like, we're dead. We're finished. Let's cancel the whole season. All the haters are right. Yeah. The dynasty's over. Yeah. Whatever. We won a 10-game SEC schedule and a national championship. And everybody likes to say, well, all the stadiums were empty because of COVID. And I'm like, that's even more reason why we're the greatest team ever because it was just talent on talent. There was no home field advantage or anything like that for anybody, mm-hmm. and we whooped everybody. I, it was only three years ago. <laughs> yeah. There we go. That's enough about Alabama. You know what we need to do? We need to we thank need to our be, patrons. We need to be thankful. That's what them. we need to we do. We need to be thankful, and we need to specifically be thankful to our patrons. We thank you guys so much for listening to this Whatever it is yeah. we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? We would like to especially thank by name those who donate at the 10 or above tier. And those people are Mr. Daniel Hedrick, Mr. James White, Ms. Sherry Heron, Mr. Chris Payne, Mr. Derek Reeves, Ms. Jane Updegraff, Ms. Jacqueline B., Ms. Nicole Walter, Mr. Shane White, Ms. Sharon Craig, Shiny Disco Balls, The Driver, Tyler Bond, and Mike Wilcox, a.k.a. Mick Will. Thank you all so much for supporting the show, supporting what we do. If you would like to become a patron, you can head on over to patreon.com slash earthoddity. 
the five dollar tier. That's all it is. Five sure. bucks a month, and it gets you an extra show that we do after this one. Earth Oddity Extended. What do we got coming up the extension today? Besides well, so. <laughs> Ukrainian super soldiers <laughs> having relations with drones. <laughs> We're going to talk a little more football. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I have a story about a masked intruder who had the tables turned on him. Okay. I'll put it that way. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. I like that. <laughs> What's that? Uh, that Michael Scott. Well, <laughs> oh, oh, how the how how the turntables have turned. Yes. <laughs> you got anything else? <sighs> I love everybody, and I'm sorry that Alabama lost to let everybody in the country down. Because I, I feel know like we're responsible. Yeah, everybody loves Alabama, and we're probably all just as disappointed as we were. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I thank you for those who reached out and gave me encouraging words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. During this trying time, just keep your head up. We'll, we'll all get through this together. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We're all in this together, guys. This is so much worse than COVID. <laughs> way worse than COVID. Yeah, way worse. Oh, well. Man, just when you thought the devil was done. Yeah. <laughs> it's just more proof that the Lord doesn't want me to be happy. You know, <laughs> like growth comes out of struggle, and I understand that. And and I know he said there'd be trials and temptations. <laughs> and he's overcame them all. That's where my hope lies. Right yes, there. that's true. That's true. You know who didn't lose to Texas? Jesus. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a perfect record against him. <laughs> if Jesus was here, he'd have every national championship. All of them. All of them. <laughs> And he chose us to be on his team. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Specifically Alabama fans. Because <laughs> most of us are Church of Christ. <laughs> you got anything else? No, that's it. <laughs> You've been listening to Earth Oddity Podcast, and we thank you so much for listening to us, no matter where you get us. Whether you get us from Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, we're on them all. If you'd like to write into the show, you can head on over to you, or you can send that to earthoddity at planetmail.net, or you can go to our website that is earthoddity.net, and there's a submission form right there on yeah. the site. You can tweet at us on X. We are at underscore earthoddity on X. We have show art. You can check that out on Instagram, or you can contact John and ask him to. <laughs> Support whatever your record label is. <laughs> we get a lot of that. that Everybody's is, wanting to promote on that or their record labels. That is underscore Earth Oddity on Instagram. You can uh, check out our Discord server. Link in the show notes. And we have a phone number that you can call or text. What's that phone number? That's 662-493-2059. 662-493-2059. We hope everybody out there has an excellent week. Earth Oddity for the Fringe Radio Network signing off. Love y'all. Bye. This has been a very odd production. Thanks for listening. Okay, patrons, we're here.
I was going to say in the regular show that, of course...